Welcome to Unsigned 518. I am here with Carm Grasso. Carm, how's it going, man? Real good. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, of course, man. So, um, like I was saying, you know, we always do like the the pre-talk before we get rolling. You know, yeah. and I say that I don't do research. I just listen to the music, <clears throat> and I hadn't really... Um, I, for some for some reason, I honestly like didn't think your music was going to be as rocking as it was. Oh, that's good to hear. You liked it then. <laughs> oh, you thought I it was rocking. I absolutely loved it, and I like, you know, I was like guitarist. You know, I'm like it's it's. I was thinking more like a classical guitar or yeah. you know something a little more mellow. And I put it on in here this morning. You know, because I usually do a couple hours of listening. Yeah, before thanks for the listening show. to it. <laughs> and. I was like immediately like, oh, wow. I'm like, what the fuck? And I like look to make sure. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, OK. All right. All right. Well, excellent. So, well, like, thanks for checking it out. I, yeah, I love guitar. You know, that's my I thing, can tell. Right? Yeah. I can tell. And it's, you know, it's hard to not give like a Satriani comparison i guess being like from the age bracket that i am that was like well, i think we're in the same i yeah, think we're in the yeah, same yeah. age but we you're were, right you're we right been in high school together for sure yeah <laughs> like, I mean, uh, you're, you're right that started with like the i started with like the you know randy rhodes george lynch ingve and then i kind of evolved or or started listening to satriani vi all those guys petrucci i love that stuff so let's i guess actually go back to uh you know i mean it Again, wherever you want to kind of start yeah. the story, you know, and obviously it'll evolve into what it is now. And uh, I guess go back to where your your love of guitar or love of music kind of began. Yeah, you know? uh, I remember when I was young, my parents had a bunch of records, and I was check check them out. They're both from Italy, okay, um, and they would they had a whole slew of Italian records and some of them were more rocking than others. So I always loved music, but at a certain point when it maybe when I was like a, a teenager, I realized that I wanted to play guitar, you know? Right. And, uh, that was like one of those things, you know, you're just, there's a lot of times you're like, what, you know, what am I doing here? Like, what is my purpose in life? But I knew that I wanted to play guitar. So I remember when I started, uh, listening to some Def Leppard, and I was like, I have to play guitar. You know, I would MTV. I was like, I, I saw like the, I, I saw those videos, like the very first ones on MTV when it launched, like, you know, radio killed the, uh, or video killed the radio yeah, yeah. star. And they had a bunch of tunes and I'll, I'll never forget seeing the um, video for photograph from Def Leppard. And Hell I was yeah. like, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. So I started taking lessons then. And uh, I, I'd learned from a jazz guitarist he was also really heavy into uh, classical type of stuff, but I knew I wanted to like do the hard rock. Well, stuff. I mean, isn't like a, a correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of like you know like Slayer and you know the really intricate heavy stuff that's all like kind of classical based, isn't it? Like, a lot, of, a, a lot way? of the guitar playing that is um, highly technical. Like if you think of like an Ingve Malmsteen, right, right. it's all neoclassical, baroque type stuff. Um, and you know, of course, adapted for that. But it right. started back with like Richie Blackmore, for example, as far as I know, and he probably got it from someone else, right? So you can infuse that kind of thing, and something about that exotic sound just really got to me. And my, I remember my father would say to me, he's like, "Of all the music, why this?" And I was like, "I just, I don't know. It just speaks <laughs> to me. I like shreds. <laughs> it shreds. I like it. You know, <laughs> you know." And so. Uh, 
they a lot of the in their minds my parents uh and when my father was still around it was like are you playing in a wedding band are you doing this and that's all cool i mean totally cool yeah. i have a lot of friends who do that they're very talented but for me it was always like i want to rock i want to shred and, I, and i've i've played in those other kinds of scenarios before so it's all cool and i learned a lot but i, I was like i really want to have something that where i can shred not you know not over the top but you know play original music that makes me feel good and i can and that's rock, the thing about you know? music is that there's room for everybody yeah. in every facet like you don't have to fit into what a lot of people are going to think is the traditional route Agreed. in music yeah. you can ch choose and that's what makes things interesting throughout the years and like you were saying you know like richie blackmore going into you know ingve and like all that stuff it's like everybody takes a little bit right and you create your own stuff but you're that's a fearless route to just be like i'm gonna do this where yeah. you know there's not a ton of music where it's just a dude ripping on guitar you know what I mean? Everybody's like, oh, it's got to have this. It's got to have that. It's got to have lyrics and a bridge and a chorus. And a, and so. And and I've played in bands like that. And, sure. I, you know, the latest project I did with a friend of mine, the Grassle Sardella, that's melodic rock. But my other albums, yeah, they are some shred stuff. And, and I try to put in some acoustic and uh, flamenco stuff in there as well right. to keep it interesting, a little bit of taste of everything. But, yeah, I it. They're like two different purposes. I, I also played in a progressive band one time. It was a band called Fear of Flying. I was with them almost 15 years. And uh, that was like like more of like a yes, Genesis rush right. kind of thing. And they brought me in. And it was like the perfect gig because I could just shred all night. <laughs> it was great. you know. I was like, I'm going to bring in some of the John Petrucci style stuff. And, and they're like, do whatever you want with the guitar parts. They wrote the tunes. They brought me in. And they're like, write the guitar parts. Wow. And... Uh, that was a lot of fun for me every yeah, night. Yeah. Maybe not the most popular thing in the club when I would play. We used to play all over the place. Uh, it depended who was there, right? If they wanted to hear a cover, they weren't going to hear that with this right. band. We were doing our own thing. But if but you were again, into that kind yeah, of thing, you were really, really liking it. fucking into it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, because it's not, you know, I mean, and even I remember, you know, like I said, we're around the same age. Like when I was younger, you know, I had a, a buddy who was like really into music and like, you know, we bonded over like, you know, Metallica and Megadeth yeah. and stuff like that. But he also listened to, you know, Engve and Steve Vai stuff. And it when I initially heard it, it I admit like I didn't I was like, I, I don't know, like, you know, like I felt like I couldn't connect because I was so like trained on pop music. Like, yes. And right. Like how oh, it's got to have this got to have that. And it was like, well, where's the. Where's the singer? You know what I mean? But like over over the years, like it grew on me to the point where like, I mean, I love listening to non-vocal music. Yeah. Especially when I drive. Like, I don't know why, you know, like I, I find it more. It's you connect it like on a more cerebral level. I, I think you do. And I and I remember reading a Satriani interview where he was like you know my music doesn't have a vocal so the guitar is right. the me the melody that yeah. you're hearing that's the lead vocal in it but you know kind of funny because i do have you know even close friends who are very supportive of everything that i'm doing you know and um they know about my mania for guitar and how many guitars i have and listen to my stuff there sometimes i remember the, one of the albums i did mixed signals it was the second instrumental album and uh one of my friends she was like this is really great Where's the words, though? <laughs> you know, I was like, well, that's not this kind of thing. That's why I've, I've 
tried to do other things like, you know, I have the instrumental stuff. Uh, and I did that project with my one buddy, but I've played in other bands that are your, the more standard structure right. or, hey, it's here's your vocal, here's your chorus. But even when I'm writing the instrumental stuff, I think about it that way because, th- you know, one of the things that distinguishes, in my mind at least, the, the people who are shredders and the people who can write songs, they're not always the same thing, right? right? So if you can write a song that's got a melody, some of the tunes that I have will have a somewhat st- a traditional structure where there's a, rep- a repeating theme and a melody and some chorus, uh, like, I'm sorry, some harmonies and so forth. But that's the kind of thing that I shoot for. So it is a little bit more memorable, even though I love the shredding after about, if you're, I always say this, you know, and I got this from George Lynch. It was something he said. So he's like, burning is cool, but if there's no like peaks and valleys after about 20 minutes, people are like, Hey, you know, and it can be too much. So I like to try to use like things like speed and different nuances um, to give it, you know, some in and out kind of thing keep your interest yeah, so I, yeah. it's not just straight in your face now that's cool too but after about 20 minutes people burn out on it right so i try to keep it interesting at least in my mind right and i use that trick like playing bit you know because we're like a punk garage band or yeah. you know a little ska a little what i don't know what we are but like i you know my trick when i play bass is is i'll take it out during a verse yeah and i'll just not play bass during a verse and then when it comes back when in, it kicks back in, it you like, just got punched, it right? like reminds people like this is happening too. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is what the bass does because yeah. like it thins it out for a verse. And then when that punch comes back in, that's but if I just kept the punt, you know, kept the bass going through the whole song, it doesn't have it that. doesn't have this, the dramatic effect. That's yeah. like what I was getting at with the speed. It's like when when you talk, you don't always talk at the same kind of monotone. <laughs> right. you have ups and downs. And, and so with the speed of like if you have a nice melody going and then you can throw in like a flurry, like a really cool lick, people be like, hey, that was really cool. Yeah. But if I was playing that same kind of thing for the entire verse, ah, it's like, OK. You're kind yeah. of losing it. So I think, you know, you're doing the same thing by, you know, I'm going to come in and you're going to feel that bass punch right there. Yeah, because right? if you take it away, you may not notice that it's not there until it comes back. Right. And then you're like, right. oh, geez, that's awfully loud there. Um, but so I guess we're at that point where we should listen to a song. Yeah. Um, we've got, you know, a couple songs that, that we'll choose from. So what's the, the first one you're thinking here? I'm kind of thinking uh, from one of my instrumental albums. It's uh, called As If By Magic. And there's a tune called Element 115. It's the first song on the album. Okay. And I dig that one because um, I got the inspiration from watching uh, a jam that George Lynch was doing with James Lomenzo and I think Brian Titchy on drums. I could get, I might have the drummer wrong, but I got kind of inspired by that. And I'm a huge alien UFO guy. Right. So element 115 is Bob Lazar. He said, hey, there's an element that fuels these anti-gravitic devices. And uh, I know kind of nerdy. But I mean, uh, you know, (laughs) the fact that I know who Bob Lazar is. is I'm like, okay, he knows what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. So the idea is like that is a energy source 
there's some kind of reaction that it gives these devices their power. And when he first said it, that he worked at Area 51 and, he f- and they found this stuff, they couldn't figure out how to keep it stable. Everyone's like, that Element 115 doesn't even exist. Right. And then like 25 years later, some Russian scientists discover that, hey, you know what? It's not stable, but it actually exists. And so is it possibly true? So when you listen to the tune, you'll hear like an alien feel, Steve Vyish kind of thing that I was kind of shooting for there. All right, cool. So let's uh, listen to Element 115, Carm Grasso, and then we'll be right back to Taco Carm. Element 115, Carm Grasso. And um, Carm, we were talking while we were listening to the song how you record recorded not only that one, but you record all of them 
and it's uh, interesting enough. Where I don't know if I've really heard of the way you do it. You yeah. basically, uh, well, you know what? Why don't, why don't you tell tell us how uh, how you record sure. these songs? Yeah. So I remember back in, um, you know, I'm going to date myself, but not, back in '95, uh, I went into the St. <laughs> Rose Music Studios and we recorded a, you know, our album. Uh, me and my my one buddy has uh, ten original songs, and that's the Wednesday night after work. You're really tired. You're on the clock. You're trying to get it right. You have to end by eleven o'clock. It feels so rushed, right? And getting everybody together, it was a big challenge. So, years of that, I, I was in and out of the studio formally for years, and then when it came time to like record, somebody said to me, "You know, Carm, you could do this instrumental thing. I know you can do it. You just got to focus." And I was like, "Okay," and I ended up coming out with these albums, what I started to do is I have a studio in my house. It's Mellow Sound Studios, right? And I record everything there. I have basically a click and I play to it. I write my song and, and I, I build songs, right? So I don't always have it ready, all done in my head, but I'll come up with a riff, I'll develop it and then start to build my tune. Um, and I had this, I had this partnership with someone, uh, his name is Danny Danimal Lee. And uh, he's really cool. Uh, we're good friends. He's extremely talented. And I said to him, because we had worked on another project. I, I believe he was the one who referred you. Yes, to he him. was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Danny is awesome. And so um, I played on another project where they brought me in to do all the guitar parts. And we started working together then. And I said, hey, I've got this instrumental stuff. You know, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, you know, l- let me check it out. And he came back and was like, this is cool. So what I ended up doing is I would I, I have it played to a click. I would export the tracks to him and say, Hey, check these out, throw them in there. And he would throw some quick drums and bass to him. And he does a real good job with that. But then I started thinking, how am I going to get a bass player that I don't necessarily know or have and get them in the studio and (laughs) all the hassle of having to bass player, drummer, trying to get them together. So I found a service, you know, this is like, I reason why I started the story with 95 was like now all of a sudden it's in the 2000s and remote recording is a thing. Right. Right. So I found this guy named Max Sadie and he's a drummer where you send him your tracks. He plays to them and sends them back. If you approve it, he gives you the track. And so he's playing to my music. I've never met Max, um, but we've had a relationship now for years. And I have some heavy stuff like you kind of mentioned before, like Element 115 is a, he- a little on the heavier side. The drummer on that is his name is Chris Allen, and he's over in the UK too. So both of them are in the UK. I've never met either one of them, but I'll send them my tunes and they'll say, okay, we're going to play on them. And the same thing with the bass player. He was in London. Now he is in Singapore. So the last album he recorded for me, I said, I've got my tracks. I've got the drummers on there now mixed in there. I need you to play some bass for me. So I've done like maybe three, four albums with these guys. It's the same handful of guys, but it's all remote. We've never met or jammed in the same room. And that's just such a wild, like, you know, like the... To have that talent and to be able to use it in that way and to be able to, like, you wouldn't be able to, or maybe you could do that, but imagine how hard that would be to do in 1995. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was, like, you're talking like, they'd be like, yeah, we made this one song, it cost us $48,000. Well, that's the you know, thing. Now you yeah. can do it, like, to have that. And I don't know, there's just something about ha- being able to get a creative feedback from someone that you've never met and is 
that you not only you've never met, but you probably don't even understand their lifestyle because they're on the other side of the world. And yeah. to be able to work with them and create music that way is like it's it's wild actually to me. Like, it's pretty magical because these yeah, guys, magical. all of them, the bass player, I have to say his name too, Dan Hawkins. He's if you look at his resume, I mean, he's played with or for so many big names. And so these guys now they're like, Carm, we know your style. Like right. after four albums, right. they're like, you, you have a way or a sound about you, you know? And I'm like, Hey, that's cool. You know I mean? And so it's, it's really awesome to have that. And they also, to your point, they play with, they play for a lot of other people right. as well. Right. And th- now is it something that like, are they working strictly with your compositions or, like I mean, you're, they're oh, yeah. playing what you're telling them to play, or do they have creative freedom within that? That's a great. It... That's a great question. Usually, I'll send them after I work with Danny. We'll, we'll, you know, he'll mix together guitar uh, with uh, some uh, program bassline and drums, and I'll say this is what we're thinking. But now with these guys, I remember they will play very literally if that's what you ask them to do okay but usually what i say is like i want this i want you to inject your personality into it that's i mean if i wanted a drum machine i could do that right, yeah, right and that's cool right, too right. but i want you so i usually give them some i'm like you know what spice it up you know you think you want to throw in like a killer fill here right, then... go ahead and do it you think you know I, during this solo i'm playing something slow can you throw in a juicy bass line something that's really melodic and so i give them kind of rain to and do you that. have um, you know, executive power to say, of course. Ah, I don't really like Yeah, it. exactly. They always send back the track right. and they'll say, um, what do you think of this? And if I approve it, we're good. You know, right. uh, we, uh, they send it over and we're, we're good to go. But you know, there's been times only a handful of times where I've been like, yeah, I was thinking more of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause obviously if you're, you know, got those talents to be able to be, a, you know, have someone send you their music and trust that you're going to put down drum. They've got to be talented drummers and bass, but you know what I mean? They, so they like, get it, right? Like, it's nice know, to be able to, like, is it pull from that to be like... From their experience, yeah. right? Yeah, right. So it's not like, you know, with, with the with the drummers, they know, like, hey, now's an appropriate time to throw in a fill. I'm not going to play over this particular part. They have that sense about right. them because they've played on thousands of recordings. Yeah, right? there was, like, some meme or something that I saw where it was basically saying, you know, a, a musician, you know, you're not just paying for their one hour or two hours yeah. of time. You're paying for their literal tens of thousands of hours that went into the talent to get them there. You that's know right. what I mean? Like, it's... It's not an easy, and you know, and that's why I'm like, you know, we're a garage band because I don't have the time to develop, you know, that what it. Yeah, takes these guys and, do that full time, and so right. even for me, you know, it's like I enjoy having the studio. The story I was telling about like being on the clock and you're trying to like get something done. The beauty of it for me is now with the studio in my house, and I've had it for many, many years. I could just go down there and there's many late nights where I'm just like, Hey, I record something. And I love the process of just coming up with something new. Like, Hey, I've got this cool riff. And sometimes I'll just leave. I'll be, it'll be like one 45 in the morning. I'll be like, I got to go to work in the morning. I, you know, but then I'll go, I'm like, I don't know if I really like this. And you know what? Sometimes the next morning you're like, man, that really sounds cool. I'm going to keep working on that. Yeah. See, I need to like this room, like the one thing that I don't, I mean, I have, I guess all the tools, but you know, and it's funny because it's like having a, a jet 
you know, it's like, yeah, I've got this cool jet, but I, I wouldn't even know how to turn it on. Yeah. So, like, I have all the tools to record in here. Like, I've got yeah, you've got uh, everything interfaces in and Pro Tools, and I've got, but I don't know, I don't really know how to use it. So, it ta- I, I don't yeah. really have the recording capability. And I think if I had that, I would be the same. You know, where instead of just sitting in here playing my bass alone, I would be like, I'm gonna put it down. And one of build the thi- something off it. Yeah, one of the things I, uh, I had these. You know, I had that guitar teacher I was telling you about, very talented, you know, and he was strictly like jazz and and classical kind of stuff. And I, of course, wanted to shred and rock. And one of the guys that I would buy the back in the day, again, you know, the cassettes, this guy, Doug Marks, is metal method. And and so I bought these tapes and they're like, hey, here's how you play metal. And he was he was like in one of them, he's like, if you want to get better. You got to record yourself and listen, right? Because you can be like, okay, I like that, or I'm going to change that, or that doesn't quite sound the way that I thought it did. And so, part of that too is when you when you get into the habit of recording yourself, you you, I think you become better, you and and you continue to develop. And then I just love just hit and record and just seeing what comes out. That's right. for me. That's the pure magic, and that's the part that I really love. Um, and that's got to be you nice know. to once you expel stuff that you know you're just putting on and to be able to then go back and listen to it yeah and take your time with it and listening that's to exactly it that's exactly that's got to be a nice you know to be like all right now let's like just chill and you know pour a glass of bourbon and listen to what and we enjoy. got and see, <laughs> you know see what, see I mean? what it is <laughs> hey, do i want to tweak it do right, i like right. it do i want to like oh I, I hear what i was what i was getting at there and you can develop the idea so that's that's a lot of fun, but I think you're right. It's not only the time to record it, but then the time to sit yeah. back and, and say, are two Let me different, check it out. You they're know? also two very different creative moods, you know what that's I mean? That's right. Like to expel or, you know, to output creativity and then to sit back and view what you've done are definitely two and then, different And then moods, a third phase you know? would be to refine it. Right, right. Because right. honestly, if I don't hit the record button, I'll forget the riff the next yeah. day. And I'll be like, I know I had something cool, but I can't remember the phrasing on it. I just had like a drum beat just going in the background. I'm like, I got to record this or I'm going to completely forget it. And the next day I may come up with a variation of that. But I'm, if I don't record it, I probably won't remember it. And that's why I like that. You're, you're capturing magic that it's coming down, you know. And I think even like, you know, for people listening that are like in the same position that I am, that I'm like, I'm not professionally set up to record. And I just don't know how to do, you know, because people may not realize like what you do is a talent, you know, to be able to capture that stuff and to record it and to produce it and to make it sound yeah. good. Like that's a talent that I just don't, ha- you know, I just don't, it, ha- take, I don't it takes have. time. Like, I'm, yeah. I'll be candid. When I first, I was kind of intimidated by it for real. Cause it's a lot. It's a lot. And I, again, we, when we bought yeah. the stuff, I'm like, Oh cool. Easy. No problem. Like, you know, I edit audio all the time, but it, it was, there was so much more that went into capturing that sound i'm like it's not just going to be there for you but like i think even if you don't have that ability to professionally capture it capture it on your phone like i do that too yeah that's great to everybody listening who's like trying to be like even if it's you're just humming the bars or you're beatboxing a beat that you were thinking of or you have a little riff on your acoustic guitar just capture it on your phone because if you can capture it anything where you can listen to it and listen to it and listen to it and then decide if it's good enough. And if it's good enough, by the time you decide that it's good enough, you've listened to it 40 times. 
I agree. Yeah. And then when you take it to the next step, you've got that bait, you know, so. And you start to build everything you do, even if it's on your phone. I have so much bullshit on my phone. <laughs> I have I have an entire I have an entire whole album set up on my phone of me just like riffs that I'm just it'll be late at night. I'll be like, oh, I'll you know, I'm, I'm too lazy even to get logic up and running. I'm just going right. to record on my phone. Make sure you back it up. You ever heard the story? You know, Kirk Hammett from Metallica supposedly had a ton of cool riffs on his phone, and then he lost his phone, and it wasn't backed up, so he lost all these riffs. <laughs> that's that's the story. So I'm like, make sure you back it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess at this point we should listen to another tune. Yeah. So what what were you thinking for the uh, second one? So I have done Soul Stealer, Mix Signals, As If by Magic, and Siren. Those are four full-length instrumental albums that, that I have here. that I brought yeah. over yeah. for you I have all four of them on CD now I'm gonna make you sign them too so all right you're very <laughs> kind you're very kind so those are all the instrumental ones um, and I'm, I'm currently working on another album it'll be my fifth uh, instrumental album will come out next year I just had all the drums recorded like in the process that I was talking about with nice. the guys in England um, and then I'll get it to the bass player shortly um, but I did a project with a buddy of mine that we've been, you know, we met in high school and we were in bands together over the years. It's called Grassel Sardella. His name's Todd Sardella, very talented musician, uh, plays in all sorts of bands and uh, and, and with uh, and bands that we have had in the past as well that are, where we're more focused on uh, original. And then sometimes we did covers and that kind of thing too. So we used to record a ton of music when we were, when we were younger. I mean, we would stay up until 4 a.m. with a four track that I got over at Hermes Music, right? For like 250 bucks. <laughs> Fucking Hermes. Remember, music. remember Hermes yes. on on uh, State oh, Street, God. right? So I got a tax refund check or whatever, and I went and I was like, I had a couple hundred bucks, and I was like, I, I want to buy a recorder. So there's a guy there named Norm, and we went back and forth to them. And my buddy Todd was with me because his uncle knew him. He's like, Can you cut us a deal? So I bought this um, Vestifier four track recorder. And we started recording albums and albums of stuff over the years. And then we kind of dropped off in 95. We were working on an acoustic project. And after we, he was the guy that I did Summer Jam with. We played the Firebirds Block Party. We were, we used to do all the local stuff. And um, we decided then during the pandemic, I said, why don't we record another album? We've got time. And it took a little longer than we wanted. There's an uh, album called Grassle Sardella. It's melodic rock. So it's a little bit different than the Shred stuff. I do some a lot of guitar playing on there, but I try to be very um, melodic and write stuff that's catchy and poppy. Uh, sometimes it's got a harder edge to it, but I try to, you know, have some restraint so we have that impact we were talking about before. So uh, one of the tunes that we really like is the first song on the album. It's called Undertow. There's a music video for it, too, on my YouTube uh, channel. Cool. I'll, I'll link that on yeah. the uh, on the show page. Yeah, thank the, you. Uh, Undertow is a great tune. It's about, um, you know, I had this idea for the, I wrote all the music and, and the whole album uh, for Grasso Sardella, just like my uh, instrumental stuff, I wrote in, in the Grasso Sardella all the music and I had some ideas for lyrics. Sometimes they were fleshed out, other times they weren't. So for Undertow, I went to my buddy Todd and I was like, this is the idea of the song. You're getting pulled under, you're in a toxic relationship, you can't get away. And I said, run with it. And he, I think what came out is probably one of the best Grasso Sardella uh, collaborations that we ever had uh, to date. And uh, 
proud of that song. So Undertow, check it out. Cool. Yeah. All right. So let's listen to Undertow, uh, Grasso Sardella, and we'll be right back to wrap it up with Carm Grasso. I let my heart get away. Yeah. And I tried to fix the next day.
All right, so that was Undertow, uh, Grasso, Sardella, and Carm. I want to thank you so much for coming out here today, taking time out of your day to talk with me. And before we go, like I do with all my guests, I want to give you a chance to say your uh, what I refer to as your gratitude. So the microphone, all yours. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And I really, Andy, the first, I want to thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, it's great to have someone who is of like mind in terms of, you know, local original music and to support each other because it's a big community. And so I do appreciate you having me on here. So thank you. Um, And it's been great talking to you as well. you know, it's the folks that I want to thank, I mean, you know, I want to thank my family, my wife, especially who puts up with me. I have, <laughs> well, I have, I kind of mentioned to you earlier, I have a, a guitar mania, not just for playing, but I, I have like 40 guitars. I'm constantly buying gear. I, I'm one of those guys. Right. And, and uh, my wife has supported me through all of these times, especially she, sometimes I put her in the spot where she's got to be the person that says no. Right. It's like, you just don't need a 41, <laughs> yeah. the 41st guitar yeah. card. So, uh, I, but she's been su- very supportive of everything that I've done and the time that I've invested. Um, and I also wanted to thank, um, you know, Danny Danimal Lee. I mean, we, I'd mentioned him earlier. You know, when I first started doing the instrumental thing, you know, I had encouragement from a friend that I'd worked on on another project. And he's the one who actually hooked me up with Danny. And Danny's been very supportive and he's very talented. So a lot of his talents have gone into making the stuff that I've created sound the best it can possibly sound. Uh, also, um, um, I think uh, Andy Vandette as well. He's uh, He does he masters all my albums. So Danny mixes and uh, produces them along with me. And then uh, Andy Vandette has been very supportive as well. And he is he's uh, based in New York City. He's worked with like all these big names. So the fact that he masters my albums right. when he's worked on remixes for Dream Theater and Deep Purple wow. and all these other bands like that, I'm like, thank you, <laughs> Andy, for, for uh, you know taking on my projects. Um and then all the all the uh, studio guys that I work with, you know, they I don't know if they'll hear this or not, but you know, it's because probably not, probably <laughs> not right? Yeah, it's, realistically, realistically they won't. But I I do appreciate the fact that uh, you know I have that kind of talent available to me, and of course I'm paying those guys, so right, maybe right. they should be thanking me. I don't know. Right. I'm just having fun. Uh, I'm very thankful for everything because it's you know the combination of everyone that I mentioned that has allowed for me to really take it from. And I've, I've been in a band. I'm trying to figure out how to record my ideas. I've got all this stuff I want to do and to develop it to the point where I am now where I'm working on my fifth, you know, instrumental solo album. So I want to mention all those folks. Hopefully I didn't forget anybody. Wow. Every, you know, there's always always more like and I always whenever we end it's usually like oh wait wait can we add can we add so if if you did I usually just say and anybody else who <laughs> and anybody else there we go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright well again Carm thank you so much for coming out uh, that is Carm Grasso I am Andy Scullin this is Unsigned 518 and I'll see you on the road rock on Unsigned 518 is produced in conjunction with Nippertown. You can find new episodes here every week on nippertown.com. If you are a band or musician in the 518 area code and would like to be on Unsigned 518, shoot me an email at unsigned518 at gmail.com. I'm your host, Andy Scullin. I'll be back next week with another episode of Unsigned 518. Thanks for listening.